Hello, and welcome to another episode of Fireside Poems. I'm Dr. J. Today's poem is Longfellow's The Cross of Snow. Longfellow wrote The Cross of Snow on the 18th anniversary of the tragic death of his second wife, Fanny. On the day of the tragedy, Longfellow was napping in his study when Fanny suddenly rushed in, her dress on fire. She had been in the next room, their library, sealing locks she had cut from their daughter's hair in envelopes when a drop of hot wax fell on her crinoline dress, setting it on fire. Longfellow struggled to put out the flames, first wrapping her in his arms and then with a small rug. He succeeded, suffering severe burns himself to his hands and face, but not in time. Servants quickly carried Fanny upstairs to her bed, where she died the next day. The Cross of Snow is a sonnet. The first four lines present the portrait of Fanny, done when she was 17, that can still be seen in the study of the Longfellow House in Cambridge, still hanging where it hung when Longfellow wrote The Cross of Snow. The second quatrain reflects on both Fanny's terrible death by fire and the beauty of her life and being. The poem then turns to the image that gives it its title, the legendary Mount of the Holy Cross in Colorado, that had been found and photographed in 1873. The final three lines present the bond Longfellow, in his still grieving heart, feels with this cross of snow. Let's listen. The Cross of Snow by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow in the long, sleepless watches of the night, a gentle face, the face of one long dead, looks at me from the wall, where round its head the night lamp casts a halo of pale light. Here in this room she died, and soul more white never through martyrdom of fire was led to its repose, nor can in books be read the legend of a life more benedite. There is a mountain in the distant west that, sun-defying, in its deep ravines displays a cross of snow on its side, such as the cross I wear upon my breast these eighteen years, through all the changing scenes and seasons, changeless since the day she died. The Irish poet Nahum Tate in the 18th century wrote that two purposes of poetry are, quote, to tune our sorrows and instruct the crowd. By instruct the crowd, Tate meant that a poem should edify or elevate the poem's audience. The Cross of Snow does this by reminding us of the beauty and depth of married love, something our popular entertainments today, whether comic or violent, rarely do. But Longfellow, in writing The Cross of Snow, was more interested in tuning our sorrows, or, more accurately, tuning his own sorrow. The Cross of Snow was found among Longfellow's papers after his own death. He had made no effort to have it published. He wrote it for himself. But why? Why do poets write for themselves if the purpose of poetry is communication or simply entertainment? As Tate suggests, Communication may not be the purpose of poetry. Rather than meaning something, 
The purpose of poetry is to do something. In this case, the purpose of the cross of snow is to transform Longfellow's grief into something more bearable, something outside of himself, something more ordered, something more beautiful. Poetry does this through formal means. The sonnet, with its octet and sestet and strict rhyme and meter, orders emotion, while at the same time, in its naturalness, preserving the emotion, only now infused with beauty. Longfellow wrote The Cross of Snow to ease his own grief, but it can ease our griefs as well. Let's listen again. The Cross of Snow by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow In the long, sleepless watches of the night, a gentle face, the face of one long dead, looks at me from the wall, where round its head the night lamp casts a halo of pale light. Here in this room she died, and soul more white never through martyrdom of fire was led to its repose, nor can in books be read the legend of a life more benedite. There is a mountain in the distant west that, sun-defying, in its deep ravines displays a cross of snow on its side, such as the cross I wear upon my breast these eighteen years, through all the changing scenes and seasons, changeless since the day she died. A full account of Fanny's death and Longfellow's grief can be found in the recent biography of Longfellow by Nicholas Basbanes, which takes its name, Cross of Snow, from this poem. Basbanes gives his readers not only a full portrait of Longfellow, but a full portrait of Fanny as well as he draws extensively on the journals she kept from the time she was a teenager. Her lively personality, intelligence, and extensive learning are striking to readers today who may have only stereotyped thoughts about American women in the 19th century, which isn't to say that Fanny wasn't unusual. She was, though not so much in the prosperous Boston society in which she was raised and educated. Henry, starting out in Portland, Maine, had some catching up to do when they first met when she was 19 and he was 29, though he was at that time making the transition from a professorship at Bowdoin College in Maine to one at Harvard. Basbane's account of their life together leaves one with a brighter outlook on life, despite the tragedy of its conclusion. I hope you've been enriched by The Cross of Snow and that you'll join me again next week for another episode of Fireside Poems. If you think others might enjoy Fireside Poems, please let them know about it through your social media.